Hello everyone. On today's episode, we're going to talk about the East-West relations after 1955. Now, if you listened to the last podcast, uh, you saw that tension between the East and the West, between Soviets and the United States, kind of started to improve with these new leaders that had taken over, right? Eisenhower, um, and then in the in the Soviet Union, you had Khrushchev, which was a big, had a big... Uh, change in policy compared to Lenin and Stalin. He was more about peaceful coexistence, so he wanted to try and get along with the United States and uh, try to coexist with them. Uh, so once again, things were kind of improving. There was a thawing period in the Cold War as far as the relationship goes. Um, so today we're going to talk about East-West relations after 1955. And so unfortunately, one of the things that happens is you get this increase in tension after 1955, and we're going to talk about exactly why that occurred. Well, uh, the first thing was that Khrushchev gave his secret speech. Um, So what happened with this secret speech was that Khrushchev went in front of uh, kind of like the the Soviet uh, government's governmental body and basically kind of denounced Stalin and the way that Stalin had run the country. Now, people were really upset about this because... Stalin was like a hero to them, right? And many, he had been in power for a long time, so many people just, you know, like really, really trusted um, Stalin and, and, and things, saw that he did no wrong. Like some, some of his, his supporters that just uh, were going to back him no matter what because they thought he made the country better. Um, and it also led to challenges from other countries like China, other communist countries, even in Eastern Europe, some of the communist countries that were that were there started to say, hey, who is this guy Khrushchev? Why is he speaking out against Stalin? Like we built this whole communist regime based upon what Stalin's orders were and what Stalin was doing. Uh, and it, it kind of caused some tension within the communist realm uh, of the world because a lot of people didn't like that, that Khrushchev kind of spoke out against Stalin. And what did he say? He talked about, he told, told the truth. He told the, said that, uh, you know, Stalin had killed millions of people uh, by sending them to the gulags and, and then doing this, these other things that, that weren't right. Um, but when he's giving this speech, somebody actually gets up from the crowd and, and yells out, you were right there. You were right there. You were sending these people there. You knew everything. You, you didn't stop it, which was true. And Khrushchev, he just stopped his speech, he paused for a moment, and then he continued. And uh, that was kind of it. But once again, there was, there was a lot of people that kind of turned their back against Khrushchev because of his, his secret speech that he, he, he gave. Um, so one of the big, um, the next big thing that happened that kind of hurt relations between uh, the U.S. and the Soviet Union after 1955 was the Suez Crisis. Um, so what was going on is obviously you know in, in the Middle East uh, where the Suez Canal is, uh, there's a lot of tension between Israel and a lot of other uh, Middle Eastern countries. So the Suez Crisis has to do with Egypt under Gamal Nasser, and hopefully you remember him because we talked about him when we talked about the Middle East after World War One in Egypt. Um, and what's going on is there's this. Uh, the 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 Soviet Union is is kind of or sorry the uh, Egyptians 
want to nationalize the Suez Canal. Now, if you don't know what the Suez Canal is, it's a very, very important waterway um, that uh, they bring a lot of goods through and help to help distribute those goods through different parts of the world, mostly in the Middle East and things like that. Um, but as well as, you know, other area, other parts uh, in the world over there. Um, and so who has control of this? Well, it's the British do. And uh, they were given this control of this waterway um, between the, because of this, this agreement that was created and kind of forced upon, upon, upon the uh, Saudi Arabia, um, or sorry, Egypt, after World War I. Remember when all those mandates were coming down and things like that? And so Gamal Nasser, one of the things that he wants to do is he wants to nationalize this. He wants to take back the Suez Canal for the Egyptians. And uh, this causes some, some problems because obviously there's a lot of money involved uh, with the taxes and all the goods that are going through that way. So the British don't want to give that up. Um, so this kind of brings in the, uh, Israel into the fray as well. And uh, as well as the French. So you got the French, the British, the Israelis, and you have the Egyptians on the other side. So where's the United States? Well, the United States is kind of trying to stay out of it. And they're trying to put an end to this because there's a huge problem. And if there's a war, there's going to be a really, really big problem. And it could be World War Three, because Egypt and the Soviet Union are pretty tight they're 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 kind of allies um and i'll talk more about that in a minute but uh the u.s says okay we're going to try and prevent a war we don't want war to break out we don't want the soviet union to start helping egypt because then we're going to have to step in and it will be world war three so u.s says to british uh to the british and the french hey you guys need to leave get out of there British are pretty upset about that. They don't want to do that. The U.S. says, hey, listen, if you don't leave, we are going to recall all of our loans that we gave you during World War II. Now, had they done this, this would have bankrupted Britain. And they would basically be you know, owned by the United States. So what did they do the very next day? They, all the troops got on their planes. All the people that were the British workers that were working in the Suez Canal... They got on planes and they left. And basically, Gamal Nasser from Egypt ended up winning control of the Suez Canal. So where did this uh, relationship form between uh, the Soviet Union and Egypt? Well, it all has to do with the Aswan Dam, a huge dam that Gamal Nasser uh, was trying to build to help bring you know electricity and uh, kind of control the uh, the the Ashwan River um, in Egypt. Now, Gamal Nasser first went to the United States trying to get some help to build this thing and to, for funding and things like that, and the United States kind of pretty much turned him away. So, the Soviet Union under Khrushchev saw this as an opportunity to gain an ally in the Middle East. So, Khrushchev and the Soviet Union end up helping them fund this this dam and uh this raised a new fear for the united states that the soviets were going to try and influence different countries in the middle east and this leads to the eisenhower doctrine so the eisenhower doctrine what's that well it's basically the truman doctrine all over again 
but it's just focused in the Middle East. So remember the Truman Doctrine, give aid and support to any country that is um, trying to be take over, taken over by communist uh, regimes and, and things like that. So basically, the, this Eisenhower Doctrine is the U.S. is going to give money and aid to any country in the Middle East that is trying to resist communism. So things don't improve after that. Um, well, I guess they do a little bit. Um, October 1958, the U.S. stops atmospheric testing of nuclear weapons, and the USSR follows. And is there a test ban treaty that occurs? Uh, sort of. It's, it's, you know, they just kind of stop doing these atmospheric testing. I think they're, they're worried about what could happen. You know, you got like the hydrogen bomb and these bombs keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger. There's fear that, uh, by many around the world that, uh, they could, you know, destroy the world. Um, now if you are a flat or flat earther, uh, flat earthers believe that the reason why they stopped atmospheric testing of nuclear weapons was because they realized that there was this glass dome over us and they were afraid that if they broke that, uh, what would happen? So once again, those people are kind of crazy. Uh, so some other events that occurred, uh, that kind of ended the thaw between the U S and the Soviet union was that Khrushchev increased tension by issuing an ultimatum to the West and this is known as the Second Berlin Crisis or the Berlin Crisis of 1958. So, once again, Khrushchev was trying to peacefully coexist with the West, right? So, in 1958, Khrushchev proposed a peace treaty that the two countries, the United States and the Soviet Union, would recognize the two Germanys that were, were created. East Germany and West Germany. So, remember, I think I mentioned this before, but East Germany, the communist country that was created by the Soviets in um, after World War II was not recognized by the United States. They did not trade with them. They did not have any uh, ambassadors or diplomats over there. <coughs> Excuse me. Damn Corona. Um, and uh, the Soviet Union was the exact same for West Germany. They had no relations. They had no trade. They did not recognize them. It was almost like they did not exist. Um, and so one of the reasons why Khrushchev proposed this ultimatum, it was because he was under pressure from Walter Olbrich. Now, Olbrich was the head of the East German state or the, basically the head of East Germany. So U S really wasn't interested in trying to, you know, recognize these countries, uh, sorry, uh, East, East Germany. Um, so Khrushchev decided to, you know, put a little more pressure on the United States. So he sent out this demand, kind of this ultimatum, if you will, that the West must demilitarize Berlin. They must take out all of their soldiers that they have, the U.S. soldiers that they have in uh, Berlin within the next six months. Uh, and if they didn't do this, Khrushchev threatened to close access routes to West Berlin through East Germany. So now remember, this is the exact same thing that Stalin tried to do, right? But with the uh, the um, banning uh, the the West from gaining access to East uh, West Berlin 
through East Germany. Um, and that obviously didn't work because he had the, the Berlin airlift that occurred. Um, so the reason why he was trying to do this was that if he did close the borders, there was a thought that, well, the U.S. would then have to recognize East Germany in order to be allowed entrance into uh, West Berlin. Um, so it kind of backfired on him, and Khrushchev ends up later removing the ultimatum. But this created a new problem, new tension um, over Berlin. So this is like a, another, another thing that was an issue between these two countries. One of the biggest things that occurred was what, ha- was what happened May 1st, uh, 1960. Um, and this is called the U-2 incident. So no, it's not the U-2 incident where the band U-2 put uh, their album on everybody's uh, iPhones. Uh, you might not remember that. You might be too young, but that did occur. All of a sudden, everybody woke up with an album from U-2 on their phone. Um, it wasn't very good music. Uh, anyway, so May 1st, 1960, the Soviets announced that an American plane had been shot down over the Soviet Union. And this plane was a spy plane, right? So the Americans had to respond. So the Americans claimed, oh, no, 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 this was not a spy plane. It was a weather plane that had gone off course. Um, here's the problem. The pilot that was in that plane survived the crash, and uh, his name was Gary Powers. And he had been interrogated and some would say maybe tortured by the Soviets. And he had already confessed that he was a spy and he was trying to take pictures of their different military installations and things like that. So at a meeting between Eisenhower and Khrushchev in Paris called the Paris Summit, Eisenhower refused to apologize for the U-2 incident. And uh, Khrushchev was very, very upset about this. And this ended any future meetings between these two leaders. So this uh, was a big issue, but it didn't necessarily end the thaw just yet. What officially ended the thaw was their Cuban Missile Crisis that occurred uh, a couple years later. Now, uh, I I know I put on... um, the Google Classroom. Um, But if you're looking for a movie to watch during this corona quarantine thing, Bridge of Spies is a great movie, and it starts out with the whole U2 incident. Uh, Tom Hanks is in it, and uh, it's it's really, really well done. So it was one of the things that I was going to try, a movie I was going to try and show you guys this year um, because, once again, I think it just captures everything uh, so perfectly. Uh, with what, what is going on in, uh, in this time period in the Cold War. With that, uh, we're going to stop there today. Um, and next episode, we'll talk about Kennedy's foreign policy. Um, I'm going to post a, a, some questions, uh, not so much about the Cold War, but just uh, some things uh, on the, the little class stream on uh, Google Classroom. So please, uh, I'd, I'd like to hear what you think about these things. Um, But, uh, yeah, just uh, stay safe and uh, hope everybody's doing well. Uh, Talk to you later. Bye.